Well, ladies and gentlemen, in honor of our missing dearly beloved, uh, this is uh, going to be three. Whoa, 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 whoa. Three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode, guys. My name is Alex. Ethan. And yeah, I'm Colton. <laughs> and Chance is Whoa. not with us tonight, but you, we are back with another episode of Four Takes and Fuel. Um, yeah, Josh Antley, the chassis builder for Revolution and owner, has came sit down with us, and we are very excited to bring this episode to you. So before we do it, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Are you looking for a high-quality, more affordable clothing brand for you and your race team? Look no further than Sublimited, that's S-U-B-L-M-T-D, as they offer crew shirts, hoodies, racing jackets, leather and fabric, full-body racing suits, and much more. Fully customizable cart suits start at $4.99, as well as fully customizable SFI 5 racing suits start at only $9.99. For more information, contact Laura Pender at 601-934-4073, where you can find them online at sublimatedapparel.com or on Facebook. When you reach out, be sure to let them know that we at Four Takes and Fuel sent you. Well, <laughs> so boys, chance isn't here tonight, but uh, how's everybody's week going? Or week last? You know, well, last week, how, how'd it go? Been pretty good. Yeah. Last week was good. Today, the entire system at work was down all day, so I sat there for three hours and watched the NASCAR race at my desk. Well, I will say, Ethan is a trooper. He is leaving for Arizona. Phoenix, Phoenix, it's Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you didn't know, it's in it's in Arizona. It's it's. If Phoenix, you didn't know, yeah. it's fucking hell's front porch. Well, especially right now, but it does yeah. it does snow in certain areas. Not not really in Phoenix. You got to go like north. the mountaintops. Yeah, yeah you got like stuff. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, you have fun in Phoenix, buddy. We're gonna be yeah yeah. I spend uh, I fly into Phoenix. I go down to Tucson on Tuesday which is when the episode is dropping. So when you hear this, I'll be in Arizona. Yeah. And yeah. then Wednesday, I'll be back in Phoenix and coming home Wednesday night. That's yeah. an old outdated Woo! airport. Huh? That's an old outdated airport, Phoenix. Hey, I don't care. I got pre-check. We, ro- we rocking straight through, my boy. Where, where are you going uh, from Phoenix? Uh, Down to Tucson. So an hour and okay. a half drive yeah. down I-10. Yeah. Hey, listen, that's going to be weird. The farthest I've ever driven on I-10. You're going to see parts I-10 you've never seen before, my boy. This ain't Scott, Tumbleweed, Lafayette, you know, nut bro bread, just none of it. None of it. So we had our league race on Tuesday night. I unfortunately did not get to make it due to uh, (laughs) – So I didn't get to make it because of uh, family obligations, but Ethan did. Ethan. Yeah, I did. And it was was rough, rougher than than uh, I-10. It was – how do I want to put this? It was – Two cars on the lead lap after like lap one hundred, and I was one of them. No, Land. Oh, Landon was a lap down. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a reason why the Coca Cola Series doesn't race at Bristol. That was the most boring one lane race I think I've ever driven. It was 175 laps. We did not Dude. really think about it when we uh, 
I would have been perfectly fine with green, white, checkered. Done. <laughs> Colton, what do you think about, buddy? Um, Colton I was too busy myself. unwadding his shit out of the wall for me and Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I killed myself on pit road really? too many times. Yep. yep so I put pit. it at single pit road, okay? But for some reason, iRacing doesn't recognize that you put it at single pit road. So no matter what, you have to go all the way around. Yeah. Even under green flag pit stops, you have to go all the way around. Well, Enter in two, exit in one. Then I forgot to uh, ask race control to clear my blacks after that happened. So I just sat there and served the entire 50 second penalty. I think he, I think he finished like 12 laps down. Oh, I got, look, I got two back when everybody pit. Granted, so I got Colton yep. wadded his shit up so bad. I just, I was done. I was like, you know what? We're just going to make, make the most of this. You were trying to make chicken salad, chicken salad out of chicken shit, and I was doing fine. I was, I was doing just fine. I didn't really lose any points. I'm still third in the points. We did have a first time winner, Mister Landon Shot, uh, won his first race, and, and 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 that's good. That's good for that's good for the home team. Dalton didn't yeah. get a third win. I think my my substitute's gonna fill in for me tomorrow night. Who's the sub? Uh, my dog. <laughs> Annie's gonna be up on that wheel. Yeah, Annie gonna get up on this wheel. <laughs> so, um, our topic of discussion for tonight has nothing to do with go karts or anything of that nature. It's something I've kind of been wanting to talk about because you know, if you did race, you, know, you race go karts, you're gonna do it growing up. You're 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 gonna play an NASCAR game on any kind of console. So, I kind of wanted to bring the debate up to see, um, and I think this would be kind of fun for you guys. So y'all can think about, you know, when you you uh you played the old NASCAR games, but what is your top three favorite? And we'll kind of debate it and we'll kind of see, you know, if anybody has nose goes dog shit opinions. Yeah. Nose goes. Alex, you're first. Um, first man. Okay. All right. So I'm going to say number one, just off the nostalgia and stuff, um, is probably NASCAR 06 or which one had Kevin Harvick on it? That was, Oh, no. Oh, five. Yeah. It was NASCAR. Oh, five. Was it Thunder 05? No, that was four. NASCAR Thunder was four. 04 was the last Thunder, yeah. Yeah. So 2005 was when Kevin Harvick was on, but that was when you could, uh, that was when you started in the wheeling, you went to the bush. They had like that little, um, they had the, uh, what's that, what's that track in North Carolina? Um, The small track, uh, the the small track in Winston-Salem. I can't think of the name. Oh, Bowman Gray. It had that like little, uh, Dodge Stadium or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Dodge Stadium. Field. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And then they had like a, the old, the Concord, but it wasn't called Concord, where it was the Triangle Track and all there that stuff. And you got to like race like Jeff Gordon and Ryan Newman, and you got like the different cars and stuff. It was cool. So that's probably number one for me. And then I'll probably have to go number two, Dirt to Daytona. I'll probably get some flack for that because Dirt to Daytona is probably number one on a couple people's list. Uh, but that was really fun. And Eats then, Foundation for that. Eats <laughs> Foundation. And then. Number three would probably have to be NASCAR 2003 when you could do your own team from the bottom up. Ah, uh, okay. And I was so, really concerned you were getting ready to say 2011, no, the game. No, 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 So that's my I top three. Oh, five, um, third to Daytona. And then Oh three, you know, that was after that, everything kind of went downhill. You, there was so much uncustomizable stuff that you could do with those. I also thought like the, the, the trophy plates, what was it called? The, like, uh, 
Like you got like the little license plates and you unlocked a bunch of stuff like fancy yeah, tracks go. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. And the so, paint schemes. Yeah. Paint schemes too. Like you got custom paint schemes. That was really cool. And you got numbers and all this stuff. Um, fonts. Yeah. Fonts. That was really cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, apparently technology goes in reverse. Like you can't, you know, if, if it was, it was already done, you can't bring it back. So we just have to keep making the game worse and worse and worse until there's no more NASCAR game. That's but, why you go get iRacing. But like, I'd have to say like, uh, probably non NASCAR game racing wise. I liked, you know, as like an honorable mention was like road to Knoxville. The sprint cars were road to Knoxville. That was a fun one. Mm -hmm. All right. We didn't ask. It's part of the topic. Well, it was NASCAR games. Hey, okay. So we're going to stick. I got into the video. Games we're going to stick to NASCAR games. Colton shoot. Well, my first one is. Uh, is first going to be number one or is number two? Yes. Five? Yes. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, all right. No. Number one top is I think I agree. Oh, five because of the uh, career. Yeah. You could do that was that was the first wasn't it? I think it was the first year they did that. Or is it you could own cars and stuff before and build a team <laughs> like in oh three. You could really build a team. And but stuff. it wasn't the same storyline like what oh five came out. With. Yeah. Oh, five was like you like, get a call from your manager and all. sorts. Yeah. Of stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, what was his name? Um can't remember his name. I can't either. The, the yeah, but you get like the little Motorola pop up. Yeah, and yeah, 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 and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was because yeah, that's why it's my number one. Was that the uh, was it Nextel or Alltel that they had that popped up there? I think it was Nextel. Or yeah. it might have been Alltel. I don't remember. It's Nextel. But uh, yeah. I can't remember if that was that time or not. But after that, probably oh nine. Uh, the second one with Jeff Gordon on it when he was on it by himself. That was when they had the uh car tomorrow on it. Yeah, I think it was the first year of the car tomorrow. No, oh eight was. Yeah, 08 had both cars though. Yeah, uh, 2009 was the first one. So they were always a year ahead. So like 09 came out in 08. Yeah, 08 yes. came out in 07. So mm -hmm. 09 was technically the first full season of COT. Yeah, that's yeah. The 08 game was when they had split the seasons. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but see, 09 had a very similar. Uh, it was yeah. I mean, it was, EA produced it, so it was the yeah, same. Shit. It was the same thing. But yeah, oh oh five oh nine, and that oh. was actually EA's last game. I think was 09. Yeah. Or yeah, NASCAR I, 2010. Maybe. I don't remember. Oh, mm -mm. uh, nine. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, What's number, number three? three? Number three, probably just because it was my first one I played was uh, 2004 Thunder. Yeah. So oh maybe two, maybe 2004 was the one where you could be oh a team. My, I don't remember. It was either 04 oh or Oh, my God. So what do you got? Oh, Tell six, us how wow. much better. Oh, six was total team control. Yeah, total team control when you can switch cars and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But I still liked 05 a lot more. Yeah. Tell us, tell us, tell us the Almighty's. Uh, yeah. Top yeah. There you go. go there ahead. you go. All right. Go show us <laughs> so, what the. Uh, so, so we're going to go in, in order of nostalgia here from number one to number three. Okay. We're going to start off, you know, like you're saying, oh, you know, you could start in the wheel ends and then go to the Bush series and the Cup series. Okay. We're going to, we're going to kick it all the way back to Dirt to Daytona, which was the original nothing to something game. Okay. You I, started I, out in street stocks on dirt, my boy. I Street agree. stocks. I agree. Okay, on the GameCube controller. Hold up, hold up. I got one right here. Let me grab it. Let me, let me grab the GameCube controller for you. Okay. Oh, moment to commercial break right here. Yeah. Look, I got the look GameCube controller right here. There Bingo. it is. Yeah. Commercial break again. No, we're we're good. We're good. Easy, <laughs> easy. It was it was just right there. I couldn't see it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we're gonna start off with Dirt to Daytona because that was. That was prime gaming. Was it? I mean, I mean, yes. Okay, I give it to you. Yes, the the, the, the soundtrack, I, the, the idea, undefeated. the idea yes. 
was amazing. Yes. Like it honestly, if somebody came up with that today, it would be bestseller. It's just um I played 2005 a lot more than Dirt to Daytona. So that's why it got uncultured. number two on my list. It was not uncultured. uncultured. It was not uncultured. Okay. But I just, I mean, I remember I, I was top of my game in 05. I mean, nobody, I was, I was better than Jimmy Johnson. Okay. Oh, word. Yeah. Word. 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 Bet. Yeah. Bet. You Whatever. put money. Every single okay. word you can think of that can uh, like relay that I was better than them. All right. So then, then we're going to hit. 03. We're going to hit NASCAR 03. All right. Going to go Prime with team, gaming. team building. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Prime Prime gaming. Okay. Good good shit. Just just some good shit right there. Yeah. yeah. Just you know what I'm saying? Chef's yeah. kiss. Yeah. And then, you know, this was the this was probably one of the first games I had on console uh, cuz my I actually played played 03 on my cousin Anthony's um, Xbox, probably, you know, just for nostalgia purposes, 05 for number three. You know, my boys on the cover, really good game. And, you know, if if you if you think back, you know, I've got Dirt to Daytona, then I've got 03, and then I've got 05. It's in proper order here, fellas. Yeah. Yeah, in years. You just got to be so proper, not to not to what it meant to you in the heart, you know, in, in where it touched them. The strings, the heart. Well, I mean, strings. everything after Dirt to Daytona went downhill. More, more so after 05, every shit just rolled downhill. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, and why now the, we've got why, Heat why Five with a fucking mod on it, bro. Why Heat Five has a mod? Yeah. Why? Why can't, <laughs> a next gen mod? Why can't we just take what we did 20 years ago and move it into a game nowadays? That, I don't understand. I, that's why they make emulators now that we can play this shit on our computers. It's beautiful, very beautiful. Been it, doing it with NCAA fourteen, mint, long time, long time. Um, Triple option till I die. Yeah, no <laughs> option, and then you have a play action. That's that's yeah. Enough said. You know that. Um, Fucking tight end. <laughs> the tight end play is always a two point conversion play. Anyways, um, and you know, NAS- i racing is not a NASCAR game, but it's a nice outlet for us now. You know, since every other console game that NASCAR, any kind of association with nascar is absolute well, i mean it's not game. just nascar on iRacing. you know you've got all aspects really you know i never i never i never i never i raced before man tell us about it well i mean you know yeah you should definitely check it out you know yeah. just or, be sure not to or, let go of the wheel find right out on more a, information iracing.com oh that's crazy are they new are you new here hey we don't do free plugs here so yeah, they better yeah, pay us yeah, something yeah. or else we're taking that out definitely yeah <laughs> Yo, Junior, I expect a check or else we're taking this out. <laughs> Figure it out. Make it happen. Oh, man. But yeah, I don't hey. understand how they can't make a good game again. I mean, these graphics, I mean, two, I've, 2005 has better graphics than what was in the Heat game. Well, you got to figure now it listen. out. They probably get to the point of what can you, what more can you do? Um, You can take what we did 20 years ago and put it back into a game. Well, here's the problem. <laughs> EA has the right to all that shit. And EA needs to stop being a little bitch and bring it back. Well, there is money in this. At yeah, least my money is in this. At least I 100% money. They're at least going to make 60 bucks. I 100% agree. Given the fact that EA just bought out Codemasters, which was the premier racing game developers. Okay. And, you know, premier. But I feel like there's some licensing issues with NASCAR because. NASCAR probably wants too much money on the kickback, but you know, hey, 
Yeah, because they're they're bleeding right now. You got to think though. You got to think these new consoles are just as good as a damn PC. Damn near. I mean, you just got a PS5. You know, it's it's well, damn the, near. The, yeah, there's the whole reason. Like a PS5 and an Xbox One X, whatever the what Xbox Series X, whatever the shit it's called. Okay, those consoles have the exact same processors and stuff as computers, as PCs, because the you know Sony and Microsoft realized. Okay, hold on. We're losing a shit ton of money by people selling out and buying computers. Because really and truly, all, you don't even need Windows. You can run, you know, some other um, operating software on, on a PC. So, you know, or you can get a, a never mind, never mind. Illegal activities. Yeah. Never mind. Anyways, yeah. But one thing I've always been wanting. Okay, so R-Factor brought the go-karts. Why don't we? Yeah. Why don't we get iRacing? Why don't we like stronghold iRacing to put some damn dope go-karts on the game? Put, put some QRCs around linear, please. Oh, please. dude, that'd be so fun. Please, like, okay, please. There's, okay, so there's I, five... I'm straight up left front, you guys. There's like, I, five... I... <laughs> there's like five tracks you can go scan and put them on there, and they would like sell like hot cakes. You could do Liberty, bro. Mill, like, okay, you what up, Casey Millbridge? Boat here? Millbridge, Millbridge. Okay, yes, okay, obviously. I mean, obviously, there's better chance of QRC cards coming before go cards, but you do like. Liberty. But yeah, give me give me you like a do, fucking QRC card. I'm set. Like, dude, I'm not leaving this chair. Like, I'm sorry, but the podcast can like, it ain't happening for me when a QRC <laughs> card comes out. Like, I'm literally gonna be the in this chair. The league would be huge if we did that. Bruh. So, oh, bruh. what I'm saying is like, bruh. like five tracks, like five tracks. You do like Liberty. You do like you could do like Paradise. You could even like get Bro, we could Kingdom do tw- kick back up to go get a scan of it, and then you you could you can come do like. You know, even though like it's kind of biased, but you can come scan Mojave, uh, just just for the hometown boys. Um, <laughs> that's a little far. And then you could do like Iron City. You know, you have that one odd track that's like 13 hours away from all those other tracks, but it's just because I'm biased. But I've always thought, like, I've always had the concept of doing a go kart game, and and it'd be tough because like you can't. You could have, I guess, you'd have to go like the F1 route. You can do a soft, a medium, and a hard tire, and like you have the because yeah, you white. yeah because you couldn't prep. I mean. Yeah. It'd be hard to put that in coding, but it almost become. I mean, not really. Just set a fucking durometer. Yeah, that's you all could, you gotta you do. Could do. You could do just that. Set a could, fucking durometer. That'd be better. Do if you did the durometer. They don't put the preps on there. Just yeah, don't like, put a prep. Just say just, how soft you want the tire. Yeah, like hey, fuck it. You know, you can pick a tire and you can pick a durometer. Hey, if I'm qualifying indoor, I'm bleeding a Vega, bleeding one like. Well. Cajun well, indoor. 41st. I don't want to hear it. Hey, Cajun indoor. Give me a Vega okay, punch yeah. in 12. Uh, Cajun indoor, the Vegas. Vegas 12. Cause give me, yeah, give me a Vega with 12. Around. I set the fastest lap timing out of the week. And weekend. then you bounced your helmet. For, for Pol- Wait, Shut was up. that for qualifying though? For Pol- yeah. yeah. See, I feel like the yeah. Vegas fired hey, off. Ask him where that gumbo pot is. Shut the fuck up. It's, <laughs> it's sitting in Wesley's house or wherever it's at. Wesley went up winning that race. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, just but I've always thought it's it would be so cool. Like it'd just be so cool. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's not as big as of a market as like anything else in the country that you can make money off of, but you know what but I mean? You know, you got the radicals in there. Money. You got some different things. We've been running the radicals on iRacing at like Lanier. Dude, and stuff. even if yeah, but like even if you got like a road course cart, like I mean, dude, I mean they run those at, at GoPro. Dude, go scan yeah. GoPro and put the radicals around GoPro. Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't, I'd probably go bring him and put him, uh, I'd go put him on Lanier and we just, yeah. Yeah. But it's Dude, cool. Me, yeah. 
know, you know what I'm we, saying? Yeah, we've been running the the, the radical SR8s at, at like Lanier and these short tracks and stuff, kind of like a like an unlimited all star. I mean, that's the only thing you can think Wee. of, like, like yeah, like an unlimited all star at like Batesville, where you're like you're you're heavy on the gas on the straightaways, but like you're really rolling it through the corners. So that's that's been you know itching the nerve uh, a little bit, but best idea, CRG Dark Knight with a Predator box stock. What? Ah, uh-huh. the CRG carts, like road carts. Oh, I, you went technical on road carts. I have no. Yeah, all I know, know is like I was, it was actually a stupid I, suggestion. I thought yeah. that would call me out, like how dumb that was. I just know about well, the Tony you, go-karts. You didn't That's see my did. look, but I kind of <laughs> gave it to you, like. Huh? <laughs> pretty terrible colton knows a, a lot more about the asphalt side of things because he kind of looked into it i don't i only reason i didn't do it is because y'all were doing dirt so i, I went oh, into dirt damn well you I could be an f1 driver asphalt. right now no you could be an f1 driver right now no you no. never know max versus not Scott with my dad not with my dad hey but all right so yeah i don't know it, it's a young you know, the, the kid and all of us can can hope and could dream that Is something like that would come no, out. But no, but it'd be, it'd be cool to think about. I mean, our factor did it. Why can't our racing do it? Because our racing makes money. Hey, hey. Easy. <laughs> Damn. Our factor is still alive. But like, you know, like. But like what you say, none like, of us give money to it. Yeah, right. But like Gran Turismo, for example, on the they PlayStation. They had the asphalt carts. Gran, Gran Turismo had the asphalt carts. Bro, I mean, look, look like, at Mario Kart, bro. Eads Foundation, Colton. Yeah. Eads Foundation. Make your do- make your monthly donation, jackass. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's get into the interview, boys. Let's do this. Um, so we're gonna wrap up uh this talk. It was something we wanted to do, like a little light conversation, something fun, uh, something maybe you can debate a bunch a bunch of your buddies and a bunch of amongst your buddies and stuff and uh just have a more amongst your buddies, whatever you bunk prefer. your buddies, amongst yeah. your buddies, whatever. Well, let us among know. Us. Hey, let us know which one was your favorite game. Yeah, let us know. We're comment. Gonna... We're gonna leave a little comment section underneath the episode on Spotify. If you listen on Spotify, you can comment underneath the episodes and like. There's questions that you can answer. Alex, I re- Alex, I really thought you were getting ready to say we're gonna leave a comment section under the post, and I was getting ready to go. Like, subscribe, ah. comment down below. Links in the description. Yeah. No, I was really getting ready to say it's kind of already there. Yeah, Facebook has that built in. Yeah, but the comment yeah. the algorithm. Comment boosts the algorithm. Yeah, so, yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. guys, we're going to jump to the episode with the interview. Thank you for listening so far. I hope you guys enjoy the interview. But without further ado, guys, here is Mr. Josh Anthony. Oh, we're just trying to make it. You know, I I know as much as the weather's playing with y'all, it's it's playing with us too. Uh, you uh you almost should have gotten to the fortune telling business this weekend, from what I saw, huh? Man, you ain't kidding. I I wish I could become a weatherman because that that'll never screw up. <laughs> that's 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 one of the one jobs you can be hundred percent wrong at and still get paid fully. So you are correct about that. Let's let's get into it. Where did uh where did racing start for you? Ooh. 
it's been a while now. I, I keep on telling all my buddies, man, we're the old guys out there now. But uh, I started <laughs> back in 1992. Okay. Dang. How, how old were you at that time? Uh, I was seven, seven okay. years old. Do you remember? Do you remember how you got into racing or anything like that? Yeah, uh, my uncle was always into drag cars, and he had a shop that was kind of, you know, connected to a few different shops. And guy about four or five shops down, he raced go karts. And when I'd go to the shop, I'd see him testing his limited modified up and down the street. And I told my uncle, I said, "Man, that's cool. Was that a little kid driving that thing?" And he's like, "No, those are for grown men." And <laughs> every time I'd go over there, I'd go check his go karts out. And finally, we started doing it. Yeah, there you go. Get hooked, and then here we are. And and it's crazy. It's crazy. You just see it one time, and you're you're hooked on it. Oh yeah, like like all my friends says, I've got I've got the sickness. Ever since I seen that go kart, that all I live, breathe, and talk about is go kart racing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and it's it's really cool that we have guys like you that have seen a lot and still in in the sport and still have a hand in it. You know how different things were. Just you want to give us like a little sight in how different things were back then. Man, everybody says that, but, man, it really wasn't that different. I mean, of course, things change and everything, but, man, the, the core has always been the same. I mean, the way we go about things and do things, is, of course, that's totally different. But, but, but at the end of the day, really a whole lot hasn't changed, but, you know, it's just the way we do things has changed more than anything. Yeah, everybody's trying to take a left turn and go in a circle the fastest. You know, that's, exactly, that goes exactly. back to what it is. Yeah. But who were – so you got started in 92 and you said you saw the cart and that's kind of what got you into it. But were there any early influences, uh, whether it be people you looked up to or people you related to that? Really Man, my, my, you? My, my whole family race, you know, my, my father, he raced late models and whatnot. My uncle raced drag cars and yeah. everybody's raced something in my life. So I guess you can call me second, third generation, but you know, yeah. nobody really did the go-kart things. They kind of, you know, did the car thing and whatnot. Okay. So Interesting. Kind of, my mom always said, you know, she she knew I was going to be a racer because when we were there back at the racetrack, and uh, it was Dick Trickle that signed her belly with a sharpie. She said, <laughs> "I'm going to be a racer." That's funny, man. That's that's funny, and yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. I was going to see, were you like you were the first one to be in go karts? You know, why why didn't anyone? It was it just not available to anyone else, or that's just. I, I, that's really a good question. You know, like I said, my, my dad raced late models and it was kind of a thing like back then you didn't have 11 year olds racing late models like mm-hmm. you do now. And my uncle was always in the drag car thing. And, you know, the junior dragsters were brand new right when that era kind of came out and he did try to get me into that. And I was never into the straight line thing for, you know, eight seconds. And then that was it for yeah. three or four hours. And we had a local quarter midget track that we went to a few times and, you know, I liked that, but, when we went to the go-kart tracks and I seen the speed that that guy was going down up and down the street, I knew I was going to race go-karts. Yeah. What was your home track back then? Uh, Speedway Park. It's actually the oldest uh, running go-kart track in the country. It was built in 1958. Oh, wow. Hasn't wow. stopped racing since 1950. That's, that's a statistic. That's yeah. pretty awesome. That's that's really yeah. cool. It's crazy to think that that was my home track. It, it was really, I, I want to say it was the first dirt oval track in karting period. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I think Harding was brought up in 1957 or something like that, and that place opened up in 1958. Yeah, that's crazy. You remember your first chassis? 
It was actually a home built chassis that a guy that was a, a few shops down from that guy built. Really? That's that's funny you say that because my first chassis, um, the class that was popular when I got into racing in 2004 was uh, Champ Carts with uh, uh, the box stock, like what would be now a Predator engine, but you get it from Harbor Freight and uh, it was a home built Champ Cart. And I guess home home built stuff is uh, pretty good when you get started. Yeah, like the, the one I had, it was kind of like a mix in between a yard cart and a race cart, but <laughs> it was definitely a race cart class and I was just behind the times. But my first... Uh, you know, manufactured go-kart was a coyote straight rail. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So Josh, you know, what was the biggest or most special, you know, the specialist win for you, you know, whether it was you driving or you as the car owner or just anyone that you were around that, you know, you were affiliated with that you can remember. Dude, there's been, there's been so many, there's, there's been, you know, a few good ones myself. You get a lot of good ones with other people. Uh, I, I guess I could say, really, the biggest win that I can think of with myself really wasn't, you know, a big win. But for myself, it was, you know, when I when I beat my best friend for the first time when I was like eight years old. Like, you know, he was the <laughs> dominant guy that won all the state races and won all over the place. And the first time I beat him, and that's the guy I have driving for me now, Tony Sansom. Uh, that's probably the biggest win that I that I had myself. And yeah. Man, the biggest win was somebody else. I'd say it's a close tie with the uh, Big O with Alton, his first one back in 13, or just a couple of years ago when we went out to uh, Iowa and did the uh, IKF National. That was something I wanted to do all my life. Yeah. And we just never had the means when I was younger growing up to, you know, to go that far. But as soon as I had the means to go out there, we, we headed out there. So probably the, probably the IKF Nationals was the biggest. That was and, a cool one. Yeah, that that's definitely cool because you know when I was younger, IKF was so big, and and nowadays you know it's more been pushed WKA and the Duffies have kind of been forgot about. But man, those trophies are still just as special as ever. Oh, for sure, for sure. But, like, go ahead. It was, it was like one of those things. I, if anybody that knows me, they know I like to be different. You know, the WK thing was cool, but like in the southeast, the IKF Duffy, it was just so much different, and not a lot of people had it out in the east coast so that was something i always wanted and yeah to go get it after the first kid won the first one i cried like i went off into the <laughs> like, and i i shed a few tears and then the next two that was like icing on the cake but it was yeah. cool that's yeah. cool yeah and and it to be the last one i would have never thought that but that's there, what really blows my mind you did kind of talk about you know i didn't i didn't put in the questions but I knew we'd probably talk about it, but you did kind of put like a feeler out on possibly trying to bring it back. What, what's what's the situation on that? Yeah, we actually we actually talked with IKF a couple of years ago. It was like I want to say 2021. We actually talked to IKF, and you know they told us we could do it and everything, and it was going to be thrown together. And then we we just didn't do it. And then I've 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 gotten the fire lit back in me to try to do it again. And it costs a ton of money. Those trophies are expensive. Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe how much they were. Yeah. But do I think it's going to happen? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to, got to keep seeing how things come together and everything's got to work. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Be people don't understand that, you know, the, the special and cool trophies, they're special and cool, but they do cost a lot of money. You're exactly right. Like, you know, we figured just in the awards alone to do it right and to, you know, to give out enough of them, it was almost $5,000 in this Duffy. So yeah. you can kind of do the math on how much those things cost. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. 
I was uh, so, talking to oh. talking to one of my buddies. Um, you know, with the Mount Rushmore trophies they do in South Dakota, those are not cheap either. Those are pretty. Yeah, expensive. Those, are, those are pretty sick. Yeah. Ethan, you're gonna say something? Yeah. So, Josh, is that gonna? Are you gonna want to put it? You know, let's say hypothetically it, it happens again. Is that going to be something that goes back to the Great Plains area, or is that you going to swing it back east coast? Man, if if I wanted to do it, I wanted to bring it somewhat east coast, but someone keep it in you know the the Alabama, you know North Georgia, Tennessee range to kind of meet in the middle type thing because a lot of those east coast drivers always wanted a Duffy, but you know didn't have the means to drive that far. And I want if I'm going to do it, I'm going to try to do it somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and I can't gotcha. never paid a ton, so it never really attracted. It was just more of a trophy kind of deal. So, oh yeah, it, it was the prestige. I mean, it was just like the old school Daytona, but you know they they kind of kept the no pay thing a lot longer than WK did, which is awesome. I think you know we're paying way too much money to win go kart races. Yeah, yeah, we're, you're you're exactly right. Especially even even some of the top guys. I mean, they're they're paying loads of money. They win a good bit of money, but it's still you, you never make back what you pay, you know. No, and it doesn't matter if you pay a ten thousand or a thousand. Like usually, the percentage of what you're going to spend is going to be about the same, whether it's for a thousand or ten thousand. You're going to spend about the same percentage of money on any event. Yeah. So you, you know, you've always been in go karts, but you also had some time with Scott Bloomquist. Um, yeah. Nope. Kind of want to talk about that. That's really cool. Not everybody gets to go work with with Bloomer himself. So tell us what you know the experience with that. And for the ones that don't know me, you know my my cousin by marriage is Cody Mallory, which he was a uh, Scott's crew chief, and I had just left a uh, you know uh, the previous place of work, and I was kind of like up in the air what I wanted to do, and he's like, "Man, we need some help. Come on up here." And I said, "Man, that's that's kind of out of my wheelhouse." And he's like, "No, I, I got some stuff I want you to work on." So. I talked to Scott and I, you know, told him, you know, my background and whatnot. And he said, come on up, we'll give you a try. And I stayed there for whew, almost a season. It was a blast. Like, you know, the Scott Bloomquist everybody sees on Friday and Saturday night is definitely different than the Scott Bloomquist Monday through Thursday. Yeah. He's an, he's an awesome dude. He's, he's, he's helped me out tremendously. Even after I left and, you know, he taught, taught me a lot of things and, Taught me a lot of things not to do, but we had a good time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's always fun when you get to go and um, hang out with, with with a big name like that. It's really cool. Not everybody, oh, yeah. like he, I said, not everybody gets to do it. Lot, he told me a lot about the business side of it. Like you know, everybody just thinks he's a driver, man. But there's so much goes on behind the scenes for like you know a national type driver that, it, I mean. I would say a good five hours out of every day. You know, he was talking to sponsors. And, doing media stuff it was it was cool definitely cool to see what most people don't get to see yeah because everybody thinks so that you just get to show up and you race and you have all this fun well yeah sponsors you got to keep happy you have all these all these manufacturers that you have to keep happy and do all these things for them so they stay so you can continue to go race on saturday people forget about that whole thing people they they think scott bloomquist you know is just sitting back in a recliner getting paid tons of money to go race but that's not the fact, dude. He's on the grind 24-7. If he's not working on his car, he's trying to find the next sponsor. It, it's 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 not all, you know, roses and, and coffee sitting back in. Peaches and cream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't get to the he top without working like hard. Any, it's like any of us struggle, you know, to make it to the racetrack. It's yeah. tough. 
Yeah, you you don't you don't uh you don't get to the top not with not working hard. Exactly. But um you have had so many positions in the go-kart world. Um, you know, just to highlight a few, you know, general manager at Paradise. Uh you've announced that Thanksgiving Thunder and 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 the Max Daddy. You've also um you've worked with the Tri-State series. You've you've you you well, we'll get into it, but you run the Hurricane Championship series. Like what, what kind what kind of work goes yeah, like into I, that? I tell everybody that, you know, that comes up to me that really doesn't know me, like, you know, they'll come complain about something and, you know, want me to kind of take their side. But I have been on that other side. There, There's only one thing in karting I haven't done, and that's owned my own racetrack from everything else I've done. It built go-karts, you know, ran racetracks, you know, even messed with, you know, Henry Maurice tire, dip, selling his tires. I mean, I've done it all but own a racetrack, and, and I've been on every side of it, so that's why I really don't get on here and, you know, criticize like a lot of people do. I, I know how tough it is. I've been blessed to be surrounded by good people and have good, awesome opportunities, and I took them up on every one of them. Yeah, and it, it definitely gives you a uh, different outlook because my parents, you know, ran and operated a track, and, and like you say, some people will go and they'll, they'll be – They'll be bitching and everything. I'm kind of like, man, I mean, you know, they're doing the best they can. And then without these people, you wouldn't even have a place to show up on Saturday. And it's really tough to to oh, catch yeah, yourself I, in that moment. But yeah, exactly, dude, I, I I catch myself and I've got to bite my tongue all the time because I'll see something happen. And, you know, I stop and think, you know, what, what if I was in that position? What would I do? And man. These guys that put on these races, you know, everybody thinks they go out there and make a ton of money, and they don't. Like, if, if you sat and took the hours it takes to even put on a race before the race even starts, you're making less than minimum wage. Mm -hmm. People yeah. just don't realize it. I there, mean, it's, it's a labor of love. Yeah, there might be a little bit of a profit at the end, but once you do the hours and you try and divide it up with how much you've worked, yeah, that profit really is like nothing. To compare to the work you put into it, it. it is. It's definitely a labor of love. Yeah, and so kind of want to touch on a little bit. Of, you know, general manager at Paradise. You know, what what was that experience like? Did that really kind of open your eye, like, on on the situation of, of running a racetrack? Yeah, it, it was crazy how that that whole deal went about. It was how it all started. It was the first time I've had, ever had a normal job. <laughs> I was working on a power plant, and uh, you know, a couple guys were talking and asking what we were doing this weekend. I think it was might have been the 4th of July weekend or something like that. And I said, oh, I'm going to this racetrack in South Carolina. And they're like, well, we know a guy that owns a power plant company that has a racetrack in South Carolina. And they're like, well, I was like, what's the name of it? And he says, Maurice Paradise Raceway. I said, no, no crap. And I said, like, that's where I'm going. So I started talking to Henry because, you know, he owned the business that I was in. And, uh, you know, he set me down and he's like, you don't want, you don't want to work this, this job all your life. And, I know it's good money, but you don't want to be on the power plants all, all your life. And I said, yeah, I know. I don't know what I'm going to do. He says, I tell you what you need to do. You need to come up and run my racetrack. And I, I kind of looked at him and thought he was just, you know, making small talk. And I thought about it. And at the end of the night, he said, when are you coming to run my racetrack? I said, you know what? I'll give you a call this week. And I called him up. And the following week, I was moved to South Carolina and was running the racetrack. Yeah, that's and especially to be one of them, like if not the top facility in karting, it's it's absolutely oh, most, beautiful. And most definitely, if, if if anyone listening has never been, like by all means, go check it out one time. It, it it's one of a kind. I mean, 
I don't even know of many stock car tracks that's got AC bleachers on, you know, back stretch, front stretch, and corners. Yeah. You know, it, I don't know if you guys been there. It's definitely the Taj Mahal for sure. And uh, I've always seen pictures the of stuff. the place. I, I had a lot of weight on my shoulders. Yeah, I've always seen pictures, but it's it's uh, it's, I've never been had the opportunity to go out there. But we plan on plan on soon venturing out some more and stuff. But uh, what what was your time there? Like, what was the years? Uh, I wasn't there a whole long long while. I know about about the season. We didn't race a whole lot there. You know, he he was always into just doing the big events. Like, I hate to even bring this one up. Was the uh the tri-state race at Paradise? It was a uh, I want to say Labor Day weekend. A tornado came through, hurricane came through all the week before, and Troy called me. He said, man, you really want to have this race? And I said, most definitely. And it was the worst decision I made <laughs> in my life. I, I had the first ever Tri-State Pro Series motocross race just to put it in. <laughs> the track, How bad it was. You couldn't get the track rolled in <laughs> properly. Man, I've never worked so hard in my life, and it was it was terrible. And that's, that's I worked one of the, 24 right? hours trying to get the racetrack right. I, just as I thought I had it right, I'd roll around there on a go-kart and it'd be rough. And then I'd try to work it back in. And I finally just threw my hands up and I told the guys that, you know, I was sorry. Everybody's going to race on the same racetrack. Mm -hmm. Some went home, stayed it. But I called it the tri-state motocross race. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of how I kind of keep myself like, okay, when a track's kind of not the, not, not the best. Um, you think about it, everybody's got to race on the same track. So, uh, it's, yeah, like, it, it is what it is. You know, if you, if you can't get around it the fastest and somebody else can, then you got to figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Man. I felt so bad. It, it, it was terrible. It, it, honestly, it was probably the worst racetrack I've ever been to that weekend. Like my dad always says, you know, if I'd come off the track and say the track sucked, he'd look at me and say, well, it sucks for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it, it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> it but, was epic to say the least. <laughs> so, Reese, you know, it, you have transitioned into running a series now, the Hurricane Championship Series, right? That's right. That's yeah, right. So uh, with all your background and stuff, uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on with the series. Well, it's how that whole started. You know, I'm originally from Florida, so I've always, you know, had ties to Florida and whatnot. And the uh, the lady that was running the Maxis Series down in Florida, she got ill and she just got had too much on her plate so she just you know kind of put it to the side and it stayed away for about a year and i've got a lot of customers on our chassis down that way and my wife she worked with the tri-state series from the day it started my mother-in-law worked the tri-state series from the day it started and it was just a void in the georgia south georgia and florida area that didn't have a max series so i told my wife she was crazy i kind of let her sink the first year and she had a tough time. And then at the end of last year, I said, you know what? I'm going to help you. And, uh, you know, we've both teamed up together and it's been awesome this year. I don't think we've had less than 190 go-karts. Dang, that's really good. That's, that's very yeah, good. Now, nowadays the kind of the normal is 100, 125. So to get anything over 150, I'm happy. Yeah. And so that, that is, uh, it's, you know, it's not called the Florida series, but it's, it's all in Florida. All the races are in Florida, uh, uh Florida and Georgia. Florida and Georgia. Florida, South Georgia, yeah. And so that's on its third year, right? This will be the second year. Second year? Okay, cool. Yep. Well, you know, I, I uh, you know, kind of talked about earlier, but y'all had, you know, a tough weekend this weekend with the rain and trying to battle and everything. Didn't y'all have to change tracks? Like, 
last minute too? Yeah, that, that, was, that was the thing with this weekend. We had to change the racetrack because we outgrew the facility that we originally was going to go to. He was going to try to clear some land to make it, you know, park where we could park 200 entries. But with all the rain, the racetrack that we had originally planned to, he, he couldn't get all the land cleared because he's just had so much rain. Mm-hmm. So we had to go to Jasper, which is probably one of the best tracks in the South, which was awesome. So we went down there. I got a call from Wade Saturday morning. He said, man, I don't think we can make this a go. And I said, well, dang, I'll call a few people. And I called a half a dozen racers and everybody said, you know, let's do it. Like it's only 30%. Like It's Florida. Let's do it. <laughs> so we did it and it bit us in the rear. I mean, you, you damned if you do and you damned if you don't, because if, if it doesn't rain and everybody's gonna be mad, oh, why didn't we race? But if you get to the racetrack and it rains, then why didn't, you know, why are we here way at that point? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's kind of one of them, uh, catch 22s, no matter what you do, there's going to be something going on. Yeah. And, and I, I tell all the guys, man, I, I'm, I'm a racer. I just get to play race director, race promoter, whatever you want to call it. Six weekends a year. Yeah. I, I kind of let the racers run the series, man. I just kind of dictate what goes on Saturday, but from, you know, race to race, man, I, I try to listen to all the racers because at the end of the day, if it, if you don't have the racers, you don't have a series. And, and they will let you know when something's not going on. They don't like in a hurry, Yeah, in a hurry. So it's, it's awesome that that's happening because uh, it gives kind of the people who show up and are given the money to the series, they got a voice in it and they feel more important. So they feel like there's a little bit more of a relationship there instead of just showing up racing and leaving, you know? You're exactly right. Like I'm a racer by heart. I just get to play race promoter six times a year and, and I enjoy doing it. And, but like I said, those racers are the ones it's their series. We just, we just run it. Yeah. Yeah. So you spent some time at Mark Mode's place. What was it like working with Mark? Dude, Mark taught me so much. He's an awesome dude. Innovative. If there was a name that topped an innovator, it would be Mark Mode. He's taught me so yeah. much stuff. He thinks outside of the box. And me and him would argue and argue and argue, but just about every new idea he had, it always worked. <laughs> it always worked. Yeah, and and every no no matter what came out of the shop, it was always looking slick. He always had to have it looking slick. Oh yeah, he, he loves to look slick and and just the crazy stuff he puts into these things, man. All the way back to the early '90s, like his stuff's always been different, but it's always been fast. Yeah, most of, and yeah, it's uh you never he, you never pull ahead of anybody when you are doing the same thing over and over and over either. That's right. You keep doing the same thing as everybody else. You never be faster than them. So it yeah. kind of makes sense. Yeah. That's exactly what he would always say. If you're going <laughs> to look at theirs and base it off theirs, how are you going to get better than them? And I'm like, yeah. right, man. <laughs> you son of a gun. Dude, you're right. He's, he's a workaholic. He's always grinding. Like he's always trying to come up with some new stuff. I almost, t- that's one thing me and him always got into it about. I'm like, just stop working on that over there. We got, we got stuff we got to do right here. He's like, no, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. And, you know, two days later, he's got it figured out. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Isn't that, that the chassis you run, Alex? Yeah. I got it. Yeah. I run an LTO. Yeah. 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 Me and me and Tony run each other a, a good bit when we, uh, we ran at Batesville and Talladega together and a few other racetracks. So that's a bad unit. Yeah. yeah. I, I like it a lot. It's, uh, really good but that, that ghost has beat me a couple times <laughs> so so josh you know your chassis the ghost you know revolution when did that 
start to become an idea? And then, you know, when did that planning process start and what's what's that process like for building a chassis? Man, it, it started the idea probably started when I was 10 years old. Like I remember I want to say it was fourth or fifth grade. We had to write a letter to like the CEO of whatever company that we thought we wanted to work for when we got older. I want to say it's fourth grade. And I sent a letter to Charlie Socks at Shadow Carts. I don't know if he ever got that letter or whatever became of it, but that's where I wanted to work was, you know, Shadow Carts. Cause and that's they were really good time. carts back then. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Dan and Charlie, they had some top notch stuff and they, you know, Dan still does with the engines, but mm-hmm. that's when the whole idea started was back then. But uh, the actual revolution part of it started in 2015. And I was talking to Sansom earlier today. I said, I ain't told very many people this story. I said, did I ever tell you how revolution started? He says, no, not really. And uh, it started back in right at the beginning of 15. I want to say whenever Wesley was coming out, Wesley LeBlanc was coming out with his Genesis. Yeah. And Allison would go ride and help him develop the Genesis. So I called, I called Wesley up. I said, you're ready to produce these things, right? And he said, yeah. He said, I got a ton of orders. I said, how long is it going to take you to get me one? And he says, man, honestly, I'm about two months behind. I said, okay, no problem. So I hung up the phone. I told my wife, I said, you know what? I'm going to build our own. And that's how that whole thing started. That was the an- uh, the analyzer? That's what it was called? Uh, the first one was the Enzo. Enzo. Oh, Enzo. And Okay, yeah. First one so- was the Enzo. And so, so how, now looking back at it, I kind of feel bad when I, when Wesley told me, oh, I'm two months out. Now I totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes so I wish I'm oh. only two months out right now. Yeah. Really? So, started. you know, what's the, what's that prototyping process like? You know, of course, I graduated in December with a mechanical engineering degree. So, you know, when. Whenever I think of prototyping, I'm thinking, you know, computer, sensors, X, Y, Z, whole laundry list of things. But what's it like for you on the dirt oval karting scene? A lot of cut up tubing. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of time and a lot of cut up tubing. Uh, You know, everybody says, you know, well, you've came out with so many go-karts and so many go-karts, but I take it and test it. And if it runs good, you know, I'll, I'll run it for six months. Like with the, with the ghost, everybody thinks it's brand new, but we've been on this ghost chassis for almost two years. I want to say there were six generations of it before we nailed it. So it's a lot of frustration, a lot of tubing going in the trash can and a lot of money spent. Yeah, and and you're trying to get different drivers. I mean, you're trying to get the the medium, light, heavy drivers to super heavy drivers to junior drivers. You got so much going into the notebook. How how do you even kind of control that? Exactly, because like you know, there was a few generations of it that you know worked very very well with a super heavy driver, and then we'd put somebody in lightweight, and you know it, it wouldn't get in the racetrack to save its life. So we had a huge notebook. I had a lot of. Awesome drivers test the thing. Uh, Ryan Woosley, Tony Sansom, they were the two main guys. You know, Austin, he wrote it a little bit. And just a, a, a lot of testing. Nearly two years before we, we brought out the Ghost. And all the, the predecessors was a little bit easier because, you know, I had Mark. Mm-hmm. And we would kind of tag team it 
before the Ghost, the Analyzer, and the Veyron were identical to the Titleist and the LTO. So we kind of killed two birds in one stone with those two go-karts, and I kind of ventured out on my own with that one. So the, all the ones before were fairly easy because we had twice the amount of the track time as yeah. I did with the Ghost. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's crazy how you know just a little bit of a bend or just one piece of tubing right here or just adjusting one little thing will change so much in the go kart. Oh yeah, because like I even just tried. I I never stopped testing. I tried one a few weeks ago that just a slight minute change, and it was terrible. Really? Yeah, terrible. It's it's crazy how a fine line that. You know, the, the regular racer doesn't understand what a chassis manufacturer goes through. That fine line that we're riding, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and when do you get the confidence to release it? Like, is, is it just kind of looking at everybody riding it and seeing that, you know, they're, the people you do have testing, they're doing, you know, it's, it's comfortable. Everybody's kind of agreeing on the same page. Is that when the confidence gets up to, to release it? Yeah, it, it, it's it's a rocky road to, you don't want to come out with it too soon. You don't want to, you know, wait around and let the competition catch up. But nowadays we're not building go-karts that are faster. I mean, you can kind of look at the lap times and track records the last five years. We're not making go-karts any faster. Mm-hmm. We're making them more user-friendly and trying to narrow up that tire window. And that's when I come out with a go-kart. When I feel that I can narrow that tire window up where I don't need a six or seven week old tire to run during the summer. That's when I come out with a go-kart. I try to narrow down the tire window within one month where people doesn't have to have, you know, six, seven, eight week old tires where they can take a couple week old tire and, and be in the hunt. Yeah. And, and something I've always wondered is like, what's the, how do you name What's the naming process? Like, you know, the ghosts, yeah, well, like what's, what's, what's the naming process like? Well, the, the, before it was all always like sports cars. You know, I had the Enzo, then I had the Veyron, and then Mark Mark always called me Analyzer because my last name was Antley. He said, yeah. man, you should name your next go-kart Analyzer. I said, man, I, I kind of stayed with the car names. He's like, nah, man, you got to name it Analyzer. That's the coolest name. So I thought about it, and then my buddy at the graphics shop, he's like, yeah, you should do it. He's like, we'll spell it We'll spell it funny, because if you look at the spelling on it, and it's not spelled analyzer, it's spelled A-N-T-A-L-Y, which Allie is my wife. Mm-hmm. So Mike, Mark kind of named the last one, and the uh, ghost is just another sports car. I got you. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. So we kind of kind of killed yeah. some, some stones, two birds with one stone on a few of those questions. So, but Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Go ahead. So, so Josh, you know, me being, you know, of course I went to school for mechanical engineering, you know, cars, everything. I grew up racing, everything. You know, how do you, as a chassis builder, how do you know what you want to change and not over change? If you know, if you understand what I'm saying, like, you know, let's say you take a base chassis and you change the, the right front. And then you go back and you change the left rear, but you didn't change the right front. You know, how do you, how do you make sure you don't overchange when you're trying to come out with the next generation? It's when you want to get to the high tech side of it. I uh, use Mr. Smith over at uh cart speed Solutions. Mm-hmm. He helped us out a lot with some data sensors and whatnot. And we kind of went off the analyzer. We knew it was good and we knew its flaws and we knew what we wanted to change. And uh, we put some sensors on it and kind of figured out what bars were going to do what. 
We changed a few things, put the sensors back on it, send it back out, kind of look at it and then change stuff. That's how we did it was, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of testing with David Smith over at cart speed. Which okay. is innovation for karting. I mean, it is, is changing the game. We're, you're the, the biggest thing right now is roll speed. Everybody wants the roll speed and yep. the, the sensors he's able to put on go-karts. You can definitely find, you know, where the chassis flexing, where you're losing speed, where you need to gain speed. And it's just changing the game. Oh yeah. Like it blew, it blew uh Sansom away when the, the first weekend we ran data on the go-kart, which was at Adam Johnson race back at low country. So it was a couple of years ago. And I told him when he came off the racetrack, I said, don't say a word. He says, what do you mean? I said, I don't know. I don't want to know what the go-kart's doing. So he ran the data. He told me what the go-kart was doing. I go out of the trailer. I said, Tony, what was it doing? Exactly the same. It blew my mind. Really? That's crazy. That's so crazy. That's really cool. It's awesome for the, the sport because it just shows that there's so much more technical than being a redneck who goes and goes to the go-kart track and we're just going in a circle. But there's so much more technical technical te- technical sides to it that people just don't understand and he's really bringing a spotlight sure. to it and, and, dude I, i've been around racing all my life and you know I, I never really thought that you could run that kind of data analysis on a go-kart because we don't have shocks we don't have a bunch of rollover i knew it worked on a late model because of the, how the sensors worked on a late model but dude he can take their micron you ain't even you don't even have to be censored up and just take that micron and he could pretty much tell you what the go-kart's doing yeah that's that's insane that's that's really crazy uh but also not only chassis you also did clutches um hit and run clutches right yep, yeah. yep. so are you is is that still that's still running right yep oh yeah oh so, yeah that, that that was something that me and my buddy did actually back out when i was in high school so it's i like that our 20 year anniversary was a couple of years ago so i've been doing that for a long time we started out on an old little lathe from harbor freight in the, my buddy's garage from high school. Yeah, it's cool, man. And um, you know how how is that? You know, is is it's uh it's. I still do it. I, I can't. I've almost started doing it just for our customers. I've gotten so busy with the chassis chassis stuff that it takes so much time to do a clutch right. I've kind of put that to the side a little bit, but I definitely still do it. Like, and I tell everybody, I'll do them for anybody, but just be patient with me because. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not my number one priority right now is that stuff. But really, at the end of the day, out of all the products that I provide, I probably won more races with that than anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not to say anything, but when somebody you got a hundred and twenty five dollar clutch rebuild or you got a thirty five hundred chassis that needs to go out the, the door, you're probably going to pick the chassis. Before the clutch. Yeah, yeah. And I hate that it's came to that. And, you know, Tony told me the other night that, you know, he was probably going to start messing with the clutch side a little bit. That way we can take care of people in a little bit better uh, time frame. So we might kind of relaunch it pretty good with, with Tony here soon. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to touch on Tony before we got into the next question was how did, how did that come together? Cause he, he's been with you for a little while, huh? Oh yeah. We, we've been best friends since we were eight years old. Yeah. How, how did that come together and him come and ride with you? Uh, we always went racing together, you know, back when we were 14, 15, our, our parents kind of told us, you know, once you guys get your driver's license and can can start making your own money, you're kind of on your own. And and really, it's been like that since we were 15, 16 years old. I remember back when we were 15 years old before cell phones and whatnot, we were 
off to the WK Dirt National up in North Carolina. We're both 15 and 16 years old, and one of us forgot to latch the trailer on the way back. Oh, and looked, no. Oh, yeah, we were rolling down 95, and it looked like the Wizard of Oz when the trailer passed us. Alex uh, knows about that after he won I Batesville. Had tra- I, haven't had, I, I haven't had the trailer pass me up, but I've had a tire pass me up and hit an overpass. No, the whole trailer <laughs> just went right by us. And we, got- we're 15 to 16 years old by ourselves out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so, so my question is. We didn't have races, and we, didn't have, we, they, we had a brand-new pit bull little dog. <laughs> and the uh, the record service says y'all boys trade me that dog I won't co- I won't cost you anything to oh, pull that man. trailer out of the woods. Man, but that sucks. We ended up rounding up the money and oh. we didn't. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So Josh, my question is like you, you know you see the trailer pass you. Is your first instinct oh shit I need to put the pedal on the ground to catch this thing or oh shit I need to slow down. <laughs> My first instinct, I looked at Tony and I thought I was dreaming. <laughs> That's yeah, <laughs> and it, it. crazy. And then, then like, as as crazy as it sounds, like my my second thought was, is man, we loaded this trailer perfect because this thing is like balanced and like just hauling the mail down the down the right side of the interstate, and then it finally took hooked to right. Uh oh. <laughs> That's one of those stories you can't even make up. Like, uh, I, and, like it was. It, that's probably one of the wildest road trips was when the trailer came off. <laughs> you kind of just look you know, at each other like, is this, is this for real? As was crazy that? as it all it messed up was the front valence. And the only reason they wouldn't let us hook it back up to the, to the truck is the, uh, the, the safety chains broke. Oh, <laughs> oh. <Dang. laughs> that's, that's yeah, me and Tony have been, been racing with each other since we were kids and, you know, we kind of did our own thing there for a little while, and then we got back together, and he helps me out a ton, and I couldn't do the things that I do without him, like at the shop, at the racetrack. He's my right-hand man, that's for sure. Yeah, so he's with he's kind of with you every day, kind of working in the shops, daily, yep. daily, daily stuff. That's really yeah, cool. he, he, he does the, you know, the normal nine-to-five job, but as soon as, as soon as he's out for work, he's, we're all at the shop grinding. Yeah. As he, it takes a village, man. It takes a village to keep everything yeah, going. Exactly right. And his, his son, you know, Austin, he he probably outworks both of those times too. Yeah, that's really cool that you know Tony's able to bring his son. All again, I I I didn't know this, but I didn't know Tony had a son that Austin that race, and I found that out at Talladega. Um, yep. But I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's a big family deal right there, and that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yep. that was another win that you know I totally forgot was you know Batesville last year. That was the yeah. first time we ever went to Batesville and. You know, I knew we were going to be good with Tony, and but Austin doesn't get to race as much. And to see both of them come home with slot machines, it it was it was an awesome weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, that was really cool. That was one of them times the ghost beat me. I finished second to Tony that day. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, he was quick, man. I don't think anybody that, was, was going to catch him. First day or the second day? That was the second day. Second I think day. I think y'all got in one of the. I think it was one of the super heavy races. Y'all end up getting like the the shaft on one of the times y'all got y'all ended up spending getting spun and yeah we 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 got we found out that Batesville does not throw a yellow on the drop the green flag quickly uh, yeah no they knew we started on the pole and we were wrecked before the start finish line on the green flag lap yeah yeah that was yeah I remember I wa- actually watched a video the other day of it and I was like oh man I didn't realize at the time that that was Tony when we were on the racetrack but then I saw we watched the video nope yeah didn't you start fourth for that race Alex. Uh, it was like the regular super heavy. I think I started 10. Oh, okay. I got yeah. you. But 
one thing I noticed though, you've always had like 59 around you. What is, is that right? Yep. 59. Yeah, but yet in, in Tony's two fifty nine. but where does the 59 come from? The, the 59 comes from Pete Pistoni and uh, Tiger Tom Pistoni. I, I worked a little bit with, with them on legend cars and stuff right oh. out of high school when I moved to North Carolina. So when I came back it was my number on the legend cars and, everything else. So it comes from the old NASCAR driver, Tiger Tom Pistoni. That's oh, really cool. That is yeah. cool. That's that's yep. a cool little story. Yep. And then the, the 259, it comes from a guy that, you know, that, that helps us out a ton and his son races. And we couldn't get up and down the road without the, the, the two five part of it, which is, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Steve Woosley, his kids number 25 and I was 59. So that's how the two five nine comes. That's cool. That's really cool. So we talked about how uh, you and Tony started running together, uh, but another guy that you ran with was uh, Austin Yarbrough. How'd that come together? Me and Austin go way back. A lot of people don't know how far we go back. And I noticed that I went on Facebook to find a picture. Like it's uh, been a while. It's, I mean, there's the, uh, what was it? The, 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 speed diddy shop or what the diddy speed shop or something like that and then yeah the the big oe first one and and it it goes way back way longer than i knew yep uh i met austin when he was probably he was probably about seven or eight years old when when i met austin uh, i became really good friends with austin's uncle hub and me and him hit it off and you know, we kind of did our own thing for a while, and then Austin started running the, at the national level a little bit more. And uh, I, I was kind of doing the cart shop thing on the side, and then we started we started running together. I want to say right there around when he was twelve or thirteen is when we started running together, and we kind of he he still with, with Evans and Jamie, and I kind of followed them around when he did that. Yeah, okay. and so it came full circle um around what i'd say earlier this year or or late last year he came and and joined the uh the revolution crew uh and y'all have had some pretty good success i know y'all swept at gkk a couple weekends ago um and and y'all y'all ended up figuring it out the maximilian running really good in the pro millionaire um you know how's that been and 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 and, you know kind of ever since i started revolution because you know, back then everybody knew how close Austin and I was and like ever since until the beginning of this year, there was, it was always a question at least once a month, you know, why isn't Austin riding your stuff? Why, why is he on a revolution? And, and it's never been that Austin's doubted me because like, dude, he's had my back since, since day one. Like I lived at his house, you know, for two years, we ran the go-kart shop out of his mom and dad's shop for two years. That's like awesome. he's, he's never doubted my product. He's just never had the card owner and it just never, just never, the stars never lined up. Like he always wanted to, but it would just never line up. And beginning of the year, we had a, a meeting set up down at speed weeks when he was right driving his car to talk with his current owner of his go-kart. And he ended up not being able to make it. The first week, so I didn't get to hook up with him. And I came down there the next week, hoping to talk to him. And by that time, he had already uh, made a deal with Platinum to to buy their uh, company out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, I just I just missed it again. 
couple weeks goes by, and I see on Facebook, uh, you know, the deal kind of fell through with Platinum. So I kind of waited around, and Austin said, how much will you sell me a go-kart for? I said, well, who's it for? And he says, he says for me. I said, seriously. He says, yeah, call, call Mr. Buff. Like, he's like, I'm in a situation now. They want to do whatever I want to do. And he says, I want to ride your stuff. He said, I've never had the opportunity to, to get to pick what I wanted to ride. And, you know, you've always had my back. And I've always had his. So he said, call him up and let's get this deal going. And that's how it all started. Yeah. And, I, and if you ask me, it's a pretty damn good dude to have in your seat, man. Oh, m- most definitely, dude. His God-given talent behind the wheel is right now is second to none. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that that's really helping y'all progress. Not saying that it was it wasn't before, but I'm sure you know having someone of his caliber, you know, in the seat is really oh, really changing the most, game. Most definitely, and that's 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 always been the kicker with me. You know, I've had a bunch of really good drivers, and we've we we've posted up a bunch of wins over the last you know six seven years, but. I've never had that, you know, streamlined driver that, you know, the popular guy. Mm-hmm. And that the X factor guy. Exactly. And to get him has, has definitely helped. I've helped. I, I believe we've helped his program just as much as he has ours. And uh, I, I see it being a good thing for years to come. Yeah. And believe it or not, people, people will buy a go-kart because X, Y, Z is on a go-kart, you know, and then, and, and, you know, that's that's it's crazy that this you know our, our karting community is like that but it, it's true it, it is point. man like it's monkey see monkey do really i mean I, i'm gonna sit here and try to toot my own horn and say you know well look at austin i've got the best go kart out there look what it's doing because at the end of the day there's just about every manufacturer out there works their tail off to come out with you know the best product they feel they can come out with and and every single one of them will win yeah, you just got to put the right combo together, and you'll be in victory lane no matter what you run. Yeah, and and Colton can attest to that because uh, you know he's a he's a professionally signed archer. So you know, say one of the top guys swaps over to a bow, they're like, oh, they see that guy swap, so they might as well swap to it. You know, he's yeah. he's seen that plenty times in in archery. You'll see it in any sport. I mean, I think even in baseball. I mean, in any anyone that switches companies or or whatever. Um, it's just it's a benefit. It's a marketing factor, which is just the name of the game nowadays. If you want to sell stuff, so. But no, that's yep. awesome. That's good. It's good to have something like that in the seat. Yep, but like like I said, you know, they're all everybody that's you know a major manufacturer. They're all putting out awesome products, and mm-hmm. if you you put the right combination together and and do your homework, they'll all win today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you also don't want to do that just because you have the name and the go. You also want to put out, and I know you do. You want to put out a, an excellent chassis, which you do, and it's it's been fast. I've seen it with my own eyes. You, but you want to have your product good, and you you don't want to do it. You want to sell it just because somebody's riding it that is a big name. You know, you want that product to be good just in itself, to where it'll sell itself. You're exactly right. Like I I could have put out this ghost probably, you know three years almost three years ago but like i knew it was something different you know because everybody knew that you know me and mark designed the lto and the analyzer together and i knew i was going to have to have my my t's crossed and my my eyes dotted times two so i built six six different versions just to make sure we went back to one and that that ended up being the one and it's tough, but we got it done. Yeah, it definitely speaks for itself, man. 
Now, were you afraid, you know, like you just said, you know, you could have released it three years ago. Were you afraid that it could have possibly been before its time? If you understand, you know, like, you know, you come out with something great three years ago. And now, like you were saying, you know, if you like a couple minutes ago when, you know, you don't want to design something based on somebody else's stuff, you want to be outside the box. Well, then somebody three years ago looks at your stuff and now is designing their stuff off of yours. Exactly right. You know, some of the stuff on my my go kart is, you know, I'm the only one doing it. And I knew I had something good, but I knew I had to post up a lot more wins to be be able to prove to the public that this thing can win for, you know, not just a fluke, you know, here a couple months at one. And we wanted to go out there and win and dominate for as long as we could before we even released the thing. Yeah, because it was so unorthodox, some of the stuff that we were doing with it. Yeah. And it's tough, man. I mean, everybody is at the top of their game, the level that y'all are racing at. I mean, everyone. I mean, even at the Maximilian, I mean, there's Daniel Armstrong, there's Jamie came to Talladega, there, you know, the 55 Cartel. There's there's so many big names now racing and they're all on the top of their game. So you really, really, really got to dial your stuff in to 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 be on top. And I, I feel like people people will look at at, at certain times I'm like, Oh, that's third place. That's fourth place. That's second place. And people don't understand how hard it is to actually win these races. Oh, you're exactly right, dude. Uh, at the Maximilian, the first two classes, you know, Austin, he was 16th and 18th. Mm-hmm. That's how close the competition is. Like we were out to lunch back at the buffet in Georgia. <laughs> and then <laughs> that's how close it is. And then, you know, you change up a couple little things and boom, we were on the pole. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, and 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 like I was saying earlier, there's a fine line that you ride, and if you get off of it, you know, bad. You know it. You know you're off of it. Yeah. So, Ethan, you want to catch it? Yeah. So, you know, Josh, you know, of course, the Maximilian's over, but and I, I mean, the Big O is coming up in what three weeks? I believe three, four weeks. You know, aside from, I'm assuming, that race, what are the other, some of the big, big check boxes that you guys want to rock off this year? Uh, of course, the big O is the next big one. Uh, after that, I believe it is three weeks after that, we head back, we head out west to the uh, Maximilian out in, or not the Maximilian, the Max Daddy out in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. The South, oh, golly, I didn't know it was in South Whoa. Dakota this year. Y'all are yep. going to go out there? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh twenty five hours from shop. Jesus. <laughs> and believe it or not, Austin has never been out west. That's why we're going. He's never been, you know, any further than I would probably say Beaver Creek was the furthest furthest west Austin's ever been. So we're really? gonna take him out there. And I've always liked to go out west at least try to once a year. The the whole COVID thing kind of slowed that down, but here the last before COVID, we kind of went out west at least once the last three or four years. Yeah, also cool. never went to Gulfport. Nope, really? I thought he did. I thought he did with you, Nelly, but I could be wrong. Jamie, Jamie went out there, but Austin he, didn't. He did okay. come to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I remember that he he came to Hattiesburg, okay, Mississippi. That, that would be the furthest west yeah. he's been, which is still that's still not even as far as you can get. Yeah. Um. So I mean, is is Batesville on the table? You know, what, what's what's Thanksgiving look like? Sansom said we're going to Batesville from here on out. Really? 
He liked it yep. that much. Oh yeah, we had a blast. Like I'm, I'm, I'm glad it happened how it happened. Like we've always been diehard, you know, Thanksgiving Thunder people because it's just closest to the house. And how last year everything was getting rained out and rescheduled, and we were going to go to the Rumble, and then the rain chance was good, so good, so bad there. We we said let's go to Batesville, and he's like. I don't think we got the tires to go out there, but we'll try it. We know it's not going to get rained out. And we had a blast. It rained and then get rained out. <laughs> exactly right. We were going to the grid where it's pouring down rain. Yeah. Yeah. It gets wild when the grid y'all gets wet and then the water seeps down at the bottom. But yeah, it's then you right. got a track then is dry. Got, yeah. Then you got the pond down at the bottom full of chemicals. <laughs> I'm trying to talk Austin into going. He's never been to Batesville, but he kind of likes to stay around the house during the, the Thanksgiving holiday, but we might drag him out there. Yeah, a little warm up for Williamson, you know. That's right. <laughs> so I'm sure Daytona's on the list, you know, being in Georgia or no? Daytona, yeah. Daytona's on the list. Uh, the World 100, mm-hmm. out of Jasper. So the the Mac the Midwest Max Daddy, then it probably be the World 100 and then Daytona. Those are the kind of the, the three marquee events right there. Yeah, and then the and then, and then just staying in the seat everywhere else, kind of. Yeah. I'm not sure where we're going this weekend with the rain. There's a memorial race down in Florida. We're either going to go there or go to Liberty. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So something we like to ask all of our guests, um, one of the questions would be, what is something that you like about our sport? The competition. Yeah. Yeah. So more of the competitive side, huh? The competition in go-kart racing is like no other, like, you know, you can go national late model racing and, and still make the field if you're, you know, half a second off with go-karts. Just the competition is you can be the bug or the windshield in a, in a, in one white. Yeah. 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 And, and like you say, it's half a second in those late models, but in go-karts, it could be two tenths. Yeah. You know, yeah. be the bug or the windshield, be the bug or the windshield and not really be that much different than what you were maybe the previous year. And you did phenomenal. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Like very humbling sport. Like the competition will humble you quick. Yeah. But it's good because it'll put that fire in you to where that uh you you either you know either want to get better or it's just time to hang it up. And if it when that when that fire gets out of you, you it's 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 best to hang it up. But also that when that fire is in you, it, it just pushes you, keeps pushing mm-hmm. you. For sure. For yeah. sure. Ethan, you got it? Yeah. So, you know, to the contrary. What's something you'd like to change about the sport? Man, I sit there and thought about that question a lot. And uh, I even went over it with Tony. I, I go, ever, go over everything with Tony. I say, like, what, what do you think? And everybody's question, answer is the tires. But mm. mine's the number of classes. Yeah, that's a, that's mean, a good I, one. The tire, the tire prices really in the last 20 years, they, I mean, yeah, they've gone up, but you know, not what like people think. It's it's the number of classes that's went up. Yeah, and and Kyle kind of touched on that last week. Is that's why we can't get like the like a national coverage kind of deal because we run twenty four classes in a day because there's you know amateur, semi pro, you know pro, pro pro pro, and then there's there's so many classes. And don't get me wrong, I think I think you should get a chance to to run on the racetrack, but I don't think that there needs to be you know, 24 classes, I think we can narrow it down to a good 15 and, and still make it happen. For I sure. mean, hell, think about what the max daddies used to be. You know, you had you had nine classes 
in junior one, junior two, junior three, because you had light, heavy, max daddy. And then you had what six adult classes? That was it. Yeah. So it was, it was about 15. I mean, 15, there's, there's your 15 classes. Oh, and then novice. So you got 16 classes. You start at eight, you're done by eight. Yep. You're exactly right. And like, you know, everybody complains about the tire bill. Well, the tire bills went up because you're running five classes versus running two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's- and you're burning a case of tires in a month and a half. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the, the entry fees, they just keep on seeming to skyrocket like everything else. Like, I mean, at a big race, if you're running six classes, your your entry fees could be anywhere from, you know, 450 to $600. Yeah, I, I, if you ran two classes, just two hundred, and and in my world, two hundred is a lot different than six hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and, and I've noticed that. It's just, I mean, yeah, we're racing for good, we're racing for good money, but it's because the entry fees are so high. It's, it's, and something we've talked about before is is getting outside sponsors. You know, we can't keep circling our own money. That's where it gets hard on us. We have to have outside people to come in sponsor we have to give it give it to give them a platform to where it's worth it for them to come sponsor um which goes back to structure but also uh giving them to giving them a platform to come yeah to yeah, come sponsor you're exactly right and even like you know with with car racing you know they get a lot of their money because they're putting fans in the stands and there's no fan going to come out for 12 hours to a go-kart race we've got to yeah. we've got to get it narrowed down where we can get fans in the stands because once there's fans in the stands that's when you know, you start getting, you know, TV deals. Mm-hmm. We just got to narrow up the classes, man. Like, it, and like back when I was a kid, when I first started, there was only three junior classes and, you know, six or seven adult classes. And at the end of the night, you know, we'd get loaded up and all of our parents were, you know, drinking beer and doing their things. And we, us little kids, you know, we were running around the trash can still racing. But nowadays yeah. we're getting out of there at midnight and everybody's beat. All they want to do is get home. Yeah, and and we 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 had the same thing at our home track. I mean, we'd get done we get done shoot around 11, 10, 11 o'clock, and and everybody we, we was all at the home track, so everybody was just come and hang out, and it was a really good time to bond. But you know, we've kind of lost the whole relationship status of carding with the fact of we're out there for thirteen hours of the day, and it's one hundred and ten degrees all damn day, and it doesn't drop to what boy ninety degrees at night, and you're still racing. You done race seven classes. And you're just ready to get out there, get out of there, either go home or go back to the hotel and get some sleep. Yep, yep, yep. The the whole camaraderie and all that has definitely, you know, gone to the wayside. And I, I, I feel it's because of the classes. I mean, if you're running six classes, you've morely worked your tail off more Saturday than you did your Monday through Friday job. And, like, all you want to do is go home and lay down. Yeah, right. And, you know, another thing is, you know, like you mentioned, you know, six classes. Let's say you're out $600, okay? I mean, everybody's going out there, going to be cutthroat trying to get their damn money back. Yep. You know, it's $600 in entry fees, you know, and let's just call it, I don't know, let's call it a round number of $1,000 for fuel and entry fees before you even hit a hotel room or get a single bite of food, you know? So... It's going to it's change just the cutthroat. racing on the track, you know? Right. I mean, it's cutthroat. I mean, you know, you're out there for the bottom line. I mean, and you forget, you know, it's you forget to turn that switch back off to where you can be personable and, you know, you don't have a relationship with anybody anymore. Yep. Yep. That's like, you know, all my best friends, they, 
they come from carding and, and you know all those relationships were made back in the 90s i i as I hate to say it, like, you know, I, I can't think of a close friend that I've made at the racetrack in the last five years because we're all so busy, you know, doing what we do. And we're our own worst enemy. But if we could just get everybody, you know, to, to put the fun back into it, because if you're not having fun, what are we doing? Yeah. And and the, the weekends, you're, you're dominating, you're winning. You're not thinking about all those, you know, entry fees. You're not thinking about all the classes you're running, how hot it is. But you have those memory. You have those weekends a lot less than you do the tough weekends. You're going to have more tough weekends than you do the, the, the amazing, you know, never forget kind of weekends. And I think something yeah. that people don't, you know, it goes back to more classes is something that people that don't think about is burnout. I mean, people will get burnt out like there is. It is inevitable. You do something for so long and so hard. If you don't change things, you will get burnt out and want to almost to the point of wanting to quit instead of taking a break. Exactly right. It's uh, it's it's definitely. I mean, and I, I don't know. It's definitely, definitely something to think about. I think. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna change tire prices. You can either change your your how you're racing, or you know you know, where are you racing, but you, we can, we can kind of come together and try and fix these classes. I totally agree. Yeah. So we have this little thing. Uh, it's the rapid fire. It's five questions. Uh, whatever you decide to comes to your mind, uh, it's either, or, uh, just go ahead and answer them pretty quick. So let's get to it. Uh, seafood or barbecue. Barbecue. Flatheads or animals. Uh, flathead. Yeah. Bull rings or, you know, bigger tracks? Bull rings, definitely. <laughs> Winter or summer? Winter. And then dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I got I'm, I'm a big one. boy. Definitely, definitely the winners. These he's summer <laughs> are brutal, man. They are brutal. That's why somebody tried to argue with me the other day that, uh, you know, oh, I'll take some, I'll, I'll take, uh, some heat and, and all this. And I'm like, okay, you can only take off so many pairs of clothes, but you can put yeah. on as many as you want. You can put on yeah. as many as you want. Yeah. I don't think it's illegal for us to take clothes, take all our clothes off. off. Wait, what's that? Go ahead. Josh, what do you say? I said, I don't think too many people want to see me running around with my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and, uh, wrap this little thing up. Uh, is there anybody you'd like to thank? Man, there's so many people out there that's, that's helped me, you know, through my career. First off, I, I've got to thank my wife. She's a trooper. Like, if it wasn't for her, like, I couldn't be able to do the things I do. She sacrifices so much for the company and for myself. Like, I couldn't do it without my wife, uh, Tony, Mr. Woosley, you know, Mr. Mr. Buff. Uh, there's just so many people over the years that's, that's helped me and all of, all of our customers, I appreciate them. If it wasn't for them, we'd just be a name. Just everybody that's helped me, I, I appreciate you. And it doesn't matter if you helped me out with a with a bottle of water when I was struggling, running back and forth to the grid, or you, you've bought ten go karts. I appreciate everybody. Yeah. yeah, and and you know anybody can have a dream, but you got some people that you need to have people that believe in a dream. And I think you got that, man. You, y'all got a good thing going for sure. Yeah, my, my support core support group is is awesome, and I, I couldn't do it without them. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, it, it takes a village. No matter what you do, it takes a village, man. That's, that's <laughs> for sure. But, um, 
that, that kind of wraps it up. Uh, we really appreciate you coming, cut some time out and come and talk with us, man. It's, uh, it's really, you know, it's really cool to, to get chassis builder, a chassis builder on here and, and kind of give us a little Intel about how the, the, the pieces of metal that we put in a circle go. Yep. I, I appreciate it. It's been an honor. Uh, you, you guys are doing an awesome job. I, I've never been in, you know, the podcast really big on it. Tony's like, you gotta, you gotta check these guys out. And I went back and listened to everyone. I'll, <laughs> I, I have my earbuds and laying at night. She's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm listening to a podcast. I'm listening to four <laughs> and four. Man, we appreciate it. I was like, here, you got to check it out. Now I got her listening to it. <laughs> it's really cool, man. We really appreciate yeah. it. And, you know, we're just, just trying to have people tell their story. And I, I think I think that's something carding hasn't had for a while, you know, not, or hasn't had, you know, people getting a chance to tell their story. I think that's a really big thing. Yep. And y'all are, like I said, y'all are doing an awesome job. Keep digging. Every show gets better and better. I appreciate Thanks, you guys. Appreciate it. We appreciate you too, man. So have a good night. And I'm sure we'll see you at the racetrack here soon. Y'all too, man. Hey, we, we're going to try and give the ghost some competition at Batesville this year. That's right. That's right. You, Thanks, you Josh. We get you one. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. <laughs> you're right, man. Take it easy. Thanks, Josh. Thank you, man. All right. Later. Bye. So guys, what a great episode. Um, unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties after the interview to to record the outro and we were unable to. So I am recording uh, right before I edit. Uh, just wanted to give an outro, outro to you guys that uh, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for the support. And we're so thankful for each one of y'all. And we hope that y'all, got, that y'all have a great week and hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Four Takes and Fuel. And we will see y'all next week with another episode.